Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. There are many different ways we can protect ourselves from evil. Sometimes we have to trust our instincts. Other times we rely on tales and traditions passed down by those that came before us. The choice to ignore either of these signs or truly listen to them can be the difference between life or death. First, the winter solstice welcomes something much more sinister followed by deadly spirits that may be following you. Then, a tragic tale from a woman trapped in the attic. Finally, our featured story of getting stranded in the wrong place at the wrong time. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the featured story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Warning signs. Traditions can sometimes be boring or seem unnecessary, but they became traditions for a reason and not honoring them can lead to dire consequences, as in this story written by Luca. It had been a long, dreary winter, but it was finally the night of Yalda, the festival of the winter solstice. Mahin was ecstatic. This was the first year she was old enough to participate in the celebration, because part of it was staying up all night long. Mahin danced down the stairs with anticipation. I can't wait for tonight, she shouted. Azizam! Her father called her, a Persian term of endearment. Save your energy. You're going to need it. He put his hands firmly on her shoulders, stopping her in her tracks. He leaned in close. This is not some silly game, Mahin. Tonight is important. 
It is our job to ward off the claws of darkness so it cannot steal the sun. Darkness? Mahin said with a quiver in her voice. Her brother began to taunt her, saying it was the devil. But her mother told him to stop scaring Mahin, but it was too late. Mahin no longer felt like dancing. The claws of darkness. She'd never heard that part of the story before. What did it mean exactly? Before Mahin could give it another thought, the rest of her family arrived. Hours later, after the family had arrived, they sang and ate lots of delicious foods. Mahin was stuffed. She ate watermelon, persimmons, and pomegranates, all the beautiful red and orange colors to beckon the sun. Her father handed her those reddish olives. Mahin winced. Gross. No way I'm eating those. You must if you want to help protect the light, her father said. Mahin's mother began to argue, telling him, It's fine if she doesn't want to eat the olives. Her father exclaimed that everyone really needed to take their traditions more seriously. While her parents were fighting, Mahin slyly hid the three little olives in her dress pocket so as not to have to eat them. Besides the nasty taste, she was too full anyway and too tired to eat. Suddenly, Mahin felt a cold draft coming from the kitchen. She had a bad feeling deep in her gut, but she figured it was all the sweet foods she'd been eating. As Mahin slowly walked toward the icy breeze, the sounds of her family talking and singing began to fade behind her. She was shocked to see the back kitchen door was left wide open. She ran to it and peered outside. Hello? She thought it might be her brother. If it's you, this is seriously not funny. A chill ran down her spine. She jumped back inside and slammed the door shut. She was filled with terror as her brother's words rang in her ears. The devil. No, she thought. It couldn't be. She ran to the living room. It was dark inside now. The front door blew open with a strong gust of wind. With only the light of the moon, she could see the living room was empty. Her family was gone. The only thing Mahin could focus on were two sets of gnarly, pointed black claws. Each claw was bigger than her face. They latched onto the door frame from the outside. The hair on the claws were matted down and covered in filth. The nails were jagged and yellow and splatter painted with dry blood. As the claws moved in closer, Mahin was horrified to see the disembodied claws creep toward her. Mahin ran past the front door and darted up the stairs, screaming for her family. All of the windows were wide open and she struggled to slam them shut. She could see outside. Not only was the sun not rising, but the moon began to disappear. She could hear the claws scratching the walls coming toward her like nails scraping down an old chalkboard. Mahin sank down in the corner of the hallway, shaking with fear. She was all alone and she didn't know what else to do. As the claws were now in reach of her, she remembered the olives. Mahin reached into her pocket and snatched out the three olives. She ate them as quickly as possible, but it was too late. 
Just as she swallowed the olives, she felt the cold claws grab onto her shoulders and she shrieked with fear. Mahim, wake up. Her father shook her. She jolted up and opened her eyes. Her family stood around her in the living room. The claws of darkness, they're here, Mahim proclaimed. Now, now, you fell asleep. That was only a bad dream. Look, the sun, her father said. Mahin shook her head. It felt so real. She tried to explain what happened, but no one believed her. Then she even started to doubt her own memory. She remembered the olives. She must have never eaten them. Mahin reached into her pocket to pull out the three little olives she had hidden in there, but when she felt around for them, the olives were gone. Then she felt a searing pain on her shoulder. She lifted her sleeve to reveal three deep claw marks on her skin. Mahin never spoke of what happened again. Just like she protected her family that horrible night, she wanted to protect them from the truth. And from that point forward, Olives joined the offerings every winter solstice. Thank you so much, Luca. Uh, one of our new writers on Something Scary for writing this horror tale for us. So, my dark darlings, what special traditions do you honor in your family? Is there a special type of food that you have to eat at a certain time? For mine, we have to eat black-eyed peas for New Year's Eve if we want to have a successful and lucky year. And if we don't, well, how about you? What consequences might you suffer if you don't follow a special tradition in your family? Let us know. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Don't underestimate family ties. Or your family may not be there when you need them the most. Like in this story, inspired by Lily. Long before Liliana was born, her parents moved from their small village in Scotland to the big city of London. They wanted to get away from their eccentric family. Liliana, now 15 years old, was getting to meet her Nana for the first time. She was nervous for the visit. Her Nana had never left her town before, she was traveling eight hours by car all the way to London just to meet Liliana. Liliana wanted to know why and why now. 
Dismissively, her father told her that no one knows why Nana does what she does. She is just a crazy old lady that should not be taken seriously. Later that day, Nana arrived. Her mother told her not to be rude. She should go hug her Nana. Nana embraced Liliana with a warm hug. It felt safe. Then, Nana handed Liliana a beautiful pendant necklace with a lily flower on it. She said, A gift for you. You must wear it for protection. Protection from what? Liliana asked. Her Nana told her, Family is the most important thing, and your parents moved away from family, breaking our roots. Since they left, they've angered the restless spirits of our ancestors, the Slua. Now I'm afraid they've been searching for you, and they're getting close. They want to take your soul as punishment. Liliana was horrified. Her father could see the look on her face and stepped in. He told Liliana not to listen to Nana's crazy ramblings. There are no spirits in this house, he told her. Then he took the necklace from Liliana's hand and put it in his pocket. Liliana's parents took Nana for a walk, but she was too shaken to go. She wanted to stay home. Not long after they left, she heard a knock on the door. She figured her parents just forgot their keys. She opened the door to see an old woman. Can I help you? Liliana asked. I hurt my leg and I need help. Liliana knew not to let strangers in the house, but she needed help. Don't be rude, she thought. Okay, you can come in, Liliana said. The moment the old woman stepped inside, Liliana knew something was wrong. The woman limped in with her left leg dragging behind her. You you can sit down over there. Liliana pointed at the chair furthest away from where she stood. As the woman turned around to sit into the chair, she began to limp with her other leg. Something was very wrong. You stay there. I'll go get you some tea, Liliana said. Hurry back. I really need you, the woman growled at her. Liliana tried to act normal as she went into the other room. She picked up the phone and called her father's cell phone. Pick up, pick up, she thought, but there was no answer. Her mother didn't answer her phone either. Please help me, the woman scratched from the other room. Please. Liliana heard her voice get closer and closer. She dialed her father's phone again. Pick up, damn you. Pick up your phone, she whispered. The old woman stood in the doorway now, no limp, standing tall. Her lips split in an evil smile, revealing jagged, crisp, white teeth. She raised her pointed, crooked finger at Liliana, and she could feel her breath being drawn from her body. She tried to inhale deep, but couldn't even gasp for air. Liliana began to feel weak, and just before her knees were about to give out underneath her body, they heard the front door open. Both Liliana and the old woman looked over to the door. With a sudden surge of breath, Liliana cried, Stop her! When Liliana turned back to the old woman, she was gone. But 
Sitting on the floor where she stood was a single lily flower. Nana ran in, saw this, and gave Liliana a knowing look. In that moment, Liliana knew her Nana was right. The Slua were after her to steal her soul, and they were almost successful. From that day on, Liliana wore the necklace her Nana gave her to protect herself and her parents. Thank you so much, Lily, for sharing this story with us. Hmm, Lily, Liliana, should I thank you for sharing your personal story with us? For my dark darlings out there, what are the spookiest stories that you've heard from older people in your family, from your elders? These don't have to be stories dealing with the supernatural. It can be with the monsters that can be human beings as well. Tell us what they are. Share with us at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you ever have that feeling like there is someone else there, know that there probably is. And if you're ever feeling alone, know that you're not. Like in this story, inspired by Olivia. Some time ago, my family and I moved into a tall old house that was built in the late 1800s. The house was big and cavernous and always felt lonely, except when I was in the attic. Somehow, up there, I never felt alone. So, I convinced my parents to let me build a fort in the attic. I had blankets, books, and even snacks. It was my own secret little happy place, or maybe not so secret. I had a sneaking suspicion someone else was there. I would wake up in the morning and notice all of my candy had gone missing. My mom said she wasn't surprised. Old houses like this usually have a history. And mice. Mice, huh? I don't mind sharing. The fall had come and gone, and as the winter got colder, so did the attic. Not even the thick blankets could keep me warm up there anymore. My mother insisted I come back into the house till spring came, so my father locked up the attic hatch. After weeks of snow, I was walking to my room when I noticed a candy wrapper on the floor. Then another. I followed the trail of wrappers down the hall. They looked like the candy wrappers from all of my missing snacks. I stopped at the last wrapper and looked up. They were coming from the attic. I was totally freaked because I saw my dad lock it, but now it was open. I stepped up onto the creaky wood ladder and took a deep breath as I poked my head through the hatch. I saw a shadowy figure slither away swiftly. I rubbed my eyes in disbelief, looked back, and saw the shadow behind one of the hung-up blankets. I breathed heavily and ducked around the blanket. That's when I heard it. I knew this wasn't my imagination. Small footsteps padding out from inside my fort. I heard a moan and a growl. That was no mouse. But it wasn't human either. I could hear it rummaging through the wrappers. I was scared 
frozen, but knew I had to see. I peered into the fort. I could barely breathe looking at what stood before me. It was a shadow of a woman with short but straggly hair matted on her head, arms long and mangled. Her mouth stretched long ways with matching gray teeth and a black tongue. She used it to lick what was left of her lips. Her long, twisting body lay crumpled on the floor, covered by a long, tattered dress. But the most horrifying thing was her eyes. There were none. Only two gaping sockets suck into her head. Inside of them were bugs and the remaining muscle from where her eyes used to be. I shrieked at the top of my lungs. The sight caused me to jump back. I tripped over a floorboard, lost my balance, and fell. I hit my head, and I was out cold. When I woke up, I ached all over. My back felt like it was snapped in two. I looked up to see the withered gray shadow hovering over me. I could feel her stare at me, even without eyes. Tears fell down my face as I desperately screamed. What do you want? She moaned and croaked again, repeating the same noise until I could make it out. Hungry. She exclaimed demonically over and over again. You can have all of our food. Just leave me alone. I pleaded. We stared at each other in silence until I whimpered. Please. Suddenly, she lunged at me, and her long, bony fingers clawed at my eyes. I screamed in agony as she removed my eyes from their sockets one by one. I tried to fight her off by kicking and punching in any direction, but she pinned me down, screaming, Hungry. 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 I fell limp onto the floor and the woman stood back up. She took my eyes and screwed them into her own sockets and sighed with relief. Her body started to shrink and curl. It filled out, becoming healthy and plump. Her hair fell over her shoulders and her mouth tightened as she morphed into a new shape. She looked just like me. She dragged my mangled body to the back of the attic. She left my body there to wither and rot over time, just like hers did. I am now the Shadow Woman. So here I lay and wait for another child to come play in the attic so I can finally find my replacement because I am so hungry. Thank you, Olivia, for sharing this horrifying tale with us. I don't know about you, my dark darlings, but for me, there are few times when I truly feel alone. How about you out there? Are there times when you've been alone, but felt spirits watching you? Did anything change around you in your environment? Or was it simply that prickling sensation that travels along your shoulders, up the back of your neck, almost like it's tickling your ear, trying to get you to look at them, trying to get you to pay attention? 
If you've had an experience like this, let us know. doesn't want to unwind and relax after a long day of schoolwork. We like to think we have all the time in the world until we don't. Not unlike the two girls in this story. Makoto and I had just finished our long school day when we arrived at the train station. We weren't able to beat the rush and the packed train took off without us. I checked my phone to see if there would be a later train we could take home. The service was spotty as the two of us stood on the empty train platform. A sudden chill ripped through the tunnels, and I noticed Makoto pull her coat close. It's not safe in Asaka after dark, Eiko. My neighbor said he saw an Ondeo when he took a late train home, Makoto explained. When I asked her what an Ondeo was, she said that it was a vengeful spirit that lurked in the space where they died. They were known for attacking others indiscriminately in the same way they were killed. I turned to Makoto to laugh along with what I thought was a joke, but her grim features froze my breath in my throat. The sky darkened as I stared at her, and a prickling sensation made me shiver. I checked my phone to see if the train schedule updated with a time on the last train. The estimated wait time was now listed as 10 minutes. Maybe your neighbor was just trying to scare you, I assured. That's when we heard in the distance a scraping noise to call out my doubt. Teke, teke. We are not alone, Makoto insisted. On the edge of the platform, closest to the tunnel, I saw the tip of a metal hook be pulled behind a pillar. Could be just a custodian. Maybe we should ask them for help? Makoto grabbed my wrist and held me back. Shh, there's something I have to tell you. Another gust hit the tunnel, and we saw wisps of long hair whip around the pillar, revealing what looked like the figure of a woman slouched beside it. Where did she come from? I asked, ignoring Makoto. She did look strange, slouched that way with her hair covering her face. The station was a weird place to nap, I reasoned weakly to Makoto. Nervously, I hit refresh on the train schedule, but it still read 10 minutes. But we'd been waiting a few already. Makoto began to talk about the Ondeo, but when we turned to look at the pillar again, there was no one there. Stop being foolish, I interrupted. Take, take. The sound was closer like someone was bouncing a metal rod on the pavement. Makoto backed up in fear. She pointed behind me. I whipped around. Something was scuttling towards us. It carried a long object behind it. My uh, uncle said it carried a large blade, Makoto muttered. The object it carried hit the ground as if responding to the story with this ominous noise. The lights above us began to flicker, and we could see the figure now as it propped itself on the scythe it carried. Her hair was blown back by another gust of wind. It looked like a girl our age, but her body was decomposed. Makoto continued her story hurriedly. He said it was the ghost of a woman who died after being pushed on the train tracks years ago. The lights flickered and gave off an eerie crackle. 
before they cut out completely and plunged everything into darkness. The wind picked up and howled as if an unseen train was rushing by. I held back a scream, and when the lights came back on, the figure was gone. Startled, I began to pull my friend up the stairs. I'm calling my parents to get us, Makoto pleaded. Please, Eiko, she was cut. Hang on, I said as I dialed my mom, but on the other end of the line, I heard the noise at my ear. We have to get out of here, I said, turning to Makoto. She looked like she was about to say something, but no words came out of her mouth, only blood. Her grip on my hand loosened and she fell. But before me, her legs still stood. My vision blurred as I saw her torso land and her face looked up at me from the ground. In a state of shock, I noticed that the blood began to frost over from the cold. Makoto still blinked as she choked. I barely let out a gasp when I heard it again. Teke, teke. It was the Ondeo, rising its scythe as it appeared next to my friend. I am the Teke, Teke, the very schoolgirl who was accosted as the last train left the station. I ran for help, but was pushed onto train tracks as the train took off. No one responded to my cries as my assailants got away. They just averted their eyes. The train sliced me in half, leaving my body in the severe cold that just froze me in an agonizing slow death. I grabbed a metal plate and hit the tracks over and over, ignored until I became an Andeo. With my scythe made of the very metal of the tracks I died on, destined to do unto others as was done unto me if they didn't share my story it said, then pointed to my friend. But Makoto did. She just told me, I cried. You didn't let her finish. Because you did not listen, her fate was sealed. Now it's up to you. Before disappearing in the glow of the approaching train's headlights, the Ondeo warned me to pass this story on to others. If I didn't, I would end up just like her and Makoto. I was lucky to board the last train with my life, but it comes with a price. So I must apologize to you, my trusted friends. I don't mean to give you this burden, but I don't want to die. You must pass this story on to others close to you, those who will continue our shared cycle, share it with friends, lovers, and family. They need to save you. They need to do the same as me and you. Don't doubt this. Our teke teke will come for us all. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson, produced by Hannah Mullen and Marquia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, Send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.